welcome to the Mosaic Campus Church Podcast. We're so happy you decided to join us. If this is your first time checking out our podcast channel, thanks so much for doing that. Um, you can look at or listen to all of our past sermons uh, basically since the middle of COVID. So please check all of those out. Give us a five-star rating. Share who we are with your friends, and that would be awesome. This week, this talk, today's talk, is uh, part two of our Let's Be Honest series that we're doing at Mosaic Campus Church on Sunday evenings. And so we already did one that talked about how um, in times of trouble, in times where things kind of don't go the way we wish, um, where we don't like God in those moments. You know, uh, oftentimes we like to or we ask God to come through on certain situations and um, it doesn't seem to go the way that we wanted to. And we have moments of frustration and anger. And we talked about how that's okay. And so this Sunday past, um, yesterday, actually, we did part two of this Let's Be Honest series, and uh, we got honest about the fact that how there's certain times, certain social circles, certain places where we just don't like to talk about God. And there's this um, tension that we know as Jesus followers, we're supposed to share who Jesus is, supposed to share his love. We're supposed to be like a classic uh, Christian word, witnesses in this world. But there's many just circles and circumstances where we don't want to be honest um, about talking about God. We don't want people to know what we do with our Sunday nights or um, that we're dedicated followers of Jesus. Because for many reasons, sometimes it's embarrassing. You know, church history isn't the most pleasant one. And so we don't like people to like associate us with that history. And for others, it's just it's not a natural reaction. And so we talk about that looking at the life of Peter. So I hope you enjoy this today. We'll have another talk posted this week, which is a part of um, the worship song series that we're doing, Sing Me a Song. And we're basically just picking apart different worship songs that we sing at Mosaic, figuring out what they are saying, what they mean, and uh, going from there. So make sure you stay tuned for that this week. As always, reach out if you have any comments or questions. If you haven't come to Mosaic yet, please sign up, register for our Sunday services. We're taking a break this weekend coming with Thanksgiving, but we're picking up the weekend after, and our registration always opens on Thursday morning. So make sure you come, join us. We would love to have you. Have a great week, and enjoy. This week, we're talking about, God, I don't like to talk about you. If I'm honest about this, there's some certain circles in my social sphere. There's places that I go to on a weekly basis, maybe even in my family kind of atmosphere. God, I just don't always like to talk about you. And that can be a little bit of a guilty feeling because much of what's like you hear at church, and for those of you who grew up in Sunday school, you heard this a million times, a lot about what it means to be a Jesus follower is, hey, go share who Jesus is to other people. You got to be a witness in this world. You know, stand on your soapbox or whatever. Make sure you tell people. Stand for your beliefs. You got to stand out. You can't be molded with the crowd. And sometimes we're like, I just can't do that. God, sometimes I don't like talking about you. When I started university, um, I went to Tyndale University, it is in Toronto. It is like a private Christian university college seminary. It's literally called Tyndale University College Seminary. Anyway, that's besides the point. And um, when I started, I was living here and I would fly back and forth each semester. And like growing, I grew up in church my whole life, went to all like the youth camps and conventions and conferences, and you'd hear these like speakers, they'd come in and talk about how they were just on a flight. 
and they would talk about how they were going to speak to young people, and they would talk about what they're going to share, and these speakers would talk about these amazing moments on the plane, sitting next to the person that was next to them in the row, and they would like lead that person to Jesus in that row, and they would be reading scripture with them in this big life-changing moment, and then like the next person over here would be transformed, and then the pilot would like get up and be like, what's happening back here in their life? would be transformed. And I'm, I remember being a kid being like, when I'm a pastor, I'm going to do that. Like all of Air Canada is going to follow Jesus. My first semester going to Tyndale, I get on the plane. This is actually not a lie. I get on the plane. I'm like, what's the best thing I can do to make sure this happens? I was like totally in it for the story. I'll be 100% honest. What's the best thing I can do to make this happen? So I haul out my Bible. It's like my most worn Bible because everybody knows like if your Bible's worn, like you're the best Christian in the world because you've read all through the whole thing. I literally like took it and like crumpled it up before I got on the plane. I take out my Bible and I slap it on, it on the, take it, the tray that's in front of you. And there's a guy sitting next to me and I'm like, see all these small words here? I think finally the guy take, gets the hint. He's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. I got Jesus in my heart. I'm good. He's like, oh, great. Where are you going? Uh, well, I'm going to the same place as you right now, bro. Like, come on. I'm going to Toronto. I'm going for a university. Oh, what university do you go to? Uh, it's called Tyndale University. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Like, what are you studying? I'm studying biblical studies and theology. Can I get a water, please? I, can I, I need some kind of... The guy just was not interested at all. As soon as I said Tyndale University College, I was talking about biblical studies, he was like, I'm out. I'm not about this. And my whole dream about this story of like changing Air Canada died instantly, and I never ever opened up my Bible on a plane ever again. And from that point on, I was like fearful of moments like that. I wouldn't even try for it, but every time I got on a plane, I was, was fearful of the person that was like chatty Cathy and would want to know where I'm going and ask me about what university I'm going to because I didn't want that awkward encounter. So I completely stopped. I would shut down. I would sit on the plane, put my headphones in, cover up my eyes, do everything I could to communicate that I'm not wanting to talk here because I just didn't want to talk about God anymore in those moments because we've experienced those moments where it's awkward. Or maybe you haven't had a moment where it's awkward, but you know like a bit of church history and how the interpretation we've had of Scripture has led to some really harmful and painful actions towards people in society. And so you're not really proud to say you're a part of this. And so to even talk about it for a second, like, God, no, I'm not about this. So we're going to look at this feeling tonight. Hopefully I'm not the only one in the room because that would be kind of awkward because I am a pastor. But anyway, with this feeling, we're looking at a guy in the Bible. His name is Peter. Peter was a disciple, which if you don't know much about the Bible, a disciple was one of these 12 people who followed Jesus everywhere he went on the earth. They saw all of his teachings, all of his miracles. They, they, were, they knew Jesus the best, and Peter was one of them. And so we're going to look at a couple interactions that Peter has with Jesus, And we're going to look at him in a book called John. It's called The Gospel. It's basically a unique perspective of Jesus' life here on earth. And so we're going to look at John chapter 13. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can go there. And we're going to read a couple of different passages to kind of tell this story of Peter. 
But where we pick it up in John chapter 13, Jesus is sitting with all the disciples, and it's like right about before he's going to be crucified or aged again and ascend to heaven. And so he's sitting with the disciples, and he's kind of giving them some last-minute tidbits of like encouragement, guidance as he would leave. And in this moment, he actually tells them, I'm leaving all of you. And so this is how Peter responds. It says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times and deny that you ever know me. Now, this would have been a bit of a blow for Peter. I think he probably felt like he was like the favorite disciple you know, out of all the group of the 12, he was definitely, like, on somewhere in the top of the list. He was definitely ahead of Judas, who would, like, completely betray him and sell him so that he'd be crucified. Like, he was feeling good in his ranks in the disciples. And so for Jesus to say, hey, actually, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times, Peter would have been devastated. He would have been confused and probably even hurt. We jump to chapter 18, and Jesus has been arrested, accused, and about to be sentenced to death. And there's this major crowd gathered where Jesus is. Jesus has done all these crazy miracles, these wild teachings, and so he's drawn up quite a crowd. And they're heading into this courtyard. And so some of the people that are there, they believe in who he is. Others think he's a scam. And that's where we're getting a bit of an inside look on Peter and how he's viewing everything. So starting in verse 15 of chapter 18, it says, Simon Peter followed Jesus as did another of the disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. And then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. So one denial already by Peter. And he's just got through this gate. And how classic is it that he tries to just blend in with the crowd in this kind of story? He goes over to the fire and just try, kind of hides himself, keeping warm. And we jump to verse 25. It says, Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, which is a crazy story in itself, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Now, I'm sure Jesus saying to Peter he would deny him was devastating. But imagine Peter in this exact moment, hearing a rooster off in the distance, which nobody likes that noise, <laughs> but completely devastated that Jesus said, hey, yeah, you've been one of my closest followers. You've been with me some, through some crazy things, but you're going to deny me three times. He would have been devastated, but then to actually... Follow through on that. To deny Jesus three times. To do exactly what Jesus said he would do. It's beyond devastation. <laughs> he would have been embarrassed. You know, the feelings would have just been awful for Peter in that moment. Luckily, it's not the last of Peter's interactions with Jesus. 
If you go over to chapter 21 in the same book in the book of John, Jesus has been crucified, raised from the dead, and he has an interaction with all of the disciples. He greets them, and it's just about before he's going to leave and go to heaven. And he calls Peter over. He says, hey, Peter, come sit with me. So Peter sits with him, and you can think in his head, oh, man, this is going to be bad. Like, he said I would deny him three times. I said I wouldn't. I did. This is going to be awful. You know, like the worst punishment in my room for at least 10 years kind of feeling. Like, he sits with Jesus. And Jesus, the squeak is the worst. Sorry. He sits with Jesus, and Jesus just looks at him and says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, oh, oh, man, I was not prepared for that. You know, like, my mom used to, like, smack me or, like, when I did something bad or, like, take away my snacks. Like, she never say after I did something bad, hey, do you love me? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, Yes. <laughs> Of course, Jesus. Of course I love you. Jesus looks at him and says, go feed my sheep. And immediately, Peter would have had just a moment of relief. Because despite Peter's denial, despite being warned that he would do something so terrible and did it anyway... Jesus looks at him and says, hey, go feed my sheep, meaning keep doing what I've asked you to do. Keep talking about who I am. Keep sharing about all the things that you witnessed me do. Keep sharing the love that I have for people. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus. Then keep going. Wow, Jesus. You know, Peter would have thought he was done, shunned, kicked out. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, pick yourself up. I told you you were going to do this. You did it anyway. But you know what? I love you. And keep going what I told you to do in the first place. Feed my sheep. Tell people about me. Here's the thing I want you to remember. We have these feelings of, you know what? I, I don't want people to know that I follow God. I don't want people to know that I go to church. You know, this social circle, I just don't want them to know what I do on a Sunday night. And sometimes we get into a crowd in a place like that, a social circle, and we just try to blend in. And when we go home, we're like, ah, we get that guilty feeling. Here's the thing I want you to remember. I think of all people I think Jesus gets it. I think he understands the feeling we have sometimes of, I just don't want these people to know. I think he's had moments, too, where he's been like, oh, this is going to be hard. I think he gets why we have moments where we say, I just don't want to talk about you here. Because he's Jesus himself. Someone, if you read the Bible, you listen and, or see and learn that he was accused for who he was. <laughs> he was beaten for who he was and ultimately sentenced to death for who he was and what he taught, the love that he shared. 
And so when he looks at us, when he looks at Peter, who had a moment of saying, I just don't want these people to know. I think he says, I get it. (laughs) I know it's hard. I've been there. I'm perfect. You know that. So I've never, like, blended in. Like, well, let's just move past that point. You're not perfect. I'm perfect. But whatever. But he says, you know what? I get it. And to me, that's the most freeing thing ever. Because there's moments where even me as a pastor, you know, before COVID happened, I'd be walking to the halls at Munn, I'd be interacting with staff, and to say that I'm a chaplain, it's not the most biggest, like, party pleaser, I'll be honest. To say that I'm a pastor, to say that I grew up in church my whole life, it's not the most engaging topic, and sometimes it's, it's even an embarrassing one. And so there's been moments where I've tried to blend in. But I think Jesus still looks at me and says, hey, Steve, I get it. But there's as much as freeing as that is, knowing that Jesus gets it. The thing that we need to remember is what he said to Peter afterwards. He said, Peter, I love you. you know, I, I get that you did this. But he still said, feed my sheep. So as much as he gets the moments where we try to blend in, as he, much as he gets the moments where he's, like, we don't want to talk about him, he says, hey, I love you. I'll pick you up from that. Don't worry about it. It's all good. There will be another chance. Pick yourself up. Try it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know. You tried to blend, just tried to blend in. You know, you, you said that you went, like, somewhere else. You went to McDonald's on Sunday night, not Mosaic, in this, like, Anglican church. Like, I get it. You just tried to blend in in that moment. I get it. Pick yourself up. I love you. Try again. <laughs> because I've called you to do some great things. I've put some amazing giftings in you. You've experienced the love that I have for you. So the next time, you know, try it again. So if you're in the room... And you feel like you're having like moment after moment of, oh, God, not here, God. <laughs> no, God, like, don't, don't get them to ask me that question here, God. No, God, I don't want them, not him, not her. Like, God, don't <laughs> bring up church here. I think Jesus gets it. So find some freedom in that. But at the same time, challenge yourself like Peter was. After that one moment of, ah, not right now, try again the next one. <laughs> Challenge yourself to share the love of Jesus that you've experienced. And we kicked off these in-person services talking about like our three values. And we talked about how important it is to have our eyes open to opportunities around us to share who Jesus is and to spread that kind of love that Jesus has for us. We talked about how it doesn't have to be that complicated, but at the same time as it is, you know, if we're honest, it's hard. Here's my encouragement to you. Sharing Jesus isn't like a, you know, a textbook or, I don't know, like one example kind of thing. I think it's completely dependent on our personality and the context that we're surrounded by. Me, I'm not the one that's going to go into, like, the mall with a Bible and sit down at this, with this random person eating ice cream and say, hey, have you read John 3.16? I'm not going to do that. Might as well be honest. Some people do that, and some people do that really well, and I wish I could. 
But me, it's more like, hey, if someone's in need, I'm going to drop them like a fruit basket, you know, let them know that I'm thinking about them. The next time they have like a win in their life, I'm going to encourage them and celebrate that win with them. And it's this like long, like very slow burn process of moment after moment of doing life with that person and just taking advantage of the little times where I can share Jesus' love or mention that I'm a pastor or mention that I hang out with like the best young adults ever every Sunday night. Like just take these little moments where sometimes it takes like seven, eight years to reach a point where somebody actually is like changed by Jesus. That's more my style because that's what my personality is. But for some of you here, like you can create groups. You can make a small group in your home, invite people to it, talk about Jesus, and that is the best way to do it. Do that. Good on you. You are like someone I'm inspired by. Others, you might be more like me. It's just the little moments in someone's life. So my encouragement is to you, Jesus gets it when we want to blend in. But he also says, feed his sheep. So figure out what works for you on your personality and the context that you're in. Maybe it's not a big, huge event, but it's just the person that you're studying with this week in the library, because you can study in the library now, just let you know. Does that make sense? Some of you, you might need to be honest with yourself first and recognize, no, I have those feelings. And just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. (laughs) And he'll say, I know, I love you, try again. And then have your eyes open to that next opportunity. Because everyone in this room is capable of being a world changer. You might not be changing the whole globe, but you're changing one person's world one at a time. And that's the most special and honoring thing that we could ever be a part of. And I believe that each one in here is capable of doing that. So he gets it. And he's going to give you so many more opportunities. So challenge yourself. What does that look like for you? If you have any questions about this, please feel free to reach out to me. Usually, like, I'll stand in the back of the breezeway and, like, answer any questions that you may have, have a conversation, but I can't do that because I can't have a bubble of 75 people, apparently. But message us on uh, Instagram. You can message us on Facebook. You can email mosaiccampuschurch at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram a whole lot. I'm just not about that game. Message me on Facebook. I will definitely respond to you. If you have any questions about this, but you are some of the best people I know, and daily you are changing people's worlds and changing people's minds. And so take the song, The Blessing, And apply it to your week, knowing that in your weeping, in your rejoicing, he is with you and he is for you. And there's nothing that can be against you.